Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Real Boys. I'll be your host this week. My name is Zach Wiseman, and you can spell my credentials right down here. Uh, I do shows like Some Nobody's Twitching Up Stream, a podcast podcast, a podcast show. Uh, but more importantly, I watched a lot of movies, and uh, I was asked to be part of a conglomerate of people that pick out their favorite movies and then talk bad about each other, really, while also reviewing movies at the same time. So if you don't know what The Real Boys is, The Real Boys is a, a, a justice league, if you will, of movie fans and some people that also watch movies don't really know what they're supposed to do. But we pick our favorites and then we talk about them. Also, we throw some other movies in there depending on when they come out or whatever's going on. And I do apologize about my video lagging. There is a weird storm here in Colorado and uh, sometimes the wind blows the Wi-Fi around. Zeno Knox, how are you, sir? Uh, today, we are going to be talking about my number four favorite movie of all time, Parasite, which came out in 2019. And a quick little rundown of this movie. Uh, it's about a jobless, penniless, and all above uh, above all hopeless and unmotivated patriarch and his equally unambitious family, his supportive, unsupportive wife, and uh, a cynical 20-something daughter and his college-age son. And they occupy themselves by working for peanuts in a squalid basement-level apartment. Then, by sheer luck, a lucrative business this proposition will pave the way for an ingeniously insidious scheme as the family summons up the courage to pose as an English tutor for the teenage daughter for affluent Park family. Now the stage seems set for an unceasingly winner take all class war. And how does one get rid of a parasite? Uh, obviously, we got uh, some people that want to talk about this movie as much as I do. So I'm going to bring them up uh, in uh, a, a most random order, depending on what I can see down on my screen. And I'm going to bring up <laughs> Justin Wallace real fast. Justin, <laughs> Justin <laughs> Wallace, how are you, sir? <laughs> oh, not too bad. Sorry, I just jumped back on the mic. I missed the question, my guy. No, I was, the question was, hi. Oh, hi. How are you? I like your hat. Doing very well, thank you. No, I'm just introducing people and talking about this movie. Now, uh, Justin, is this like the first time you've seen this movie? It is. Um, I'm kind of upset I didn't see it earlier in my life. Yeah. But, uh, now, you come from a place where there's mostly one, one culture. What was it like having an Asian movie on your TV? Um, I, I could dig it. Yes. It was okay. something fresh. I liked it. Um, it's... <laughs> Really, well, I guess, relatable to how I kind of grew up. So I, I can dig it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, that's cool. I was a big fan of this movie. I like it a lot. I hope you guys like it as much. Uh, we're going to bring you back up in a second. We're going to get to some more people. Uh, up next, we have Mr. Dan Levely. Mr. Dan, how are you today, sir? Go strong. Yeah, bringing <laughs> the guns. That's right. How's it going, buddy? Uh, Oh, man, doing so good. I watched this movie again for probably the 10th time today. Uh, is this a movie that you will revisit now that you've seen it once? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I yeah. watched it th I watched it three times today. Uh, I saw the subtitles, and I did wasn't that excited, but then I actually watched the movie, and then it was, I, I got the story behind it. It was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. It was a cool movie. If you had to sum up this movie in, like, one sentence, what would you say? Different. Surprisingly different. Okay. That is a, a good sentence, <laughs> but I like it. All right, we're going to get back to a little more in-depth uh, description of what difference is going to be. Up next, we have Mr. Michael Colby. Michael Colby. Hey. Bunker Man. How are you, sir? I'm the Bunker Man. You're, <laughs> you're the Bunker Man. Uh, I am now, the Bunker Man. I saw on social media that this is another one of your infamous, uh, I'm either a two or an eight. Um, now, what... What could have happened in this movie to make this a two? 
what could have happened, there was a very real possibility of this movie not making any sense. Like, in the hands of a less skillful writer and director, this movie could have gone to places where nothing made any sense. But the way it was, everything fit into place so perfectly. Like, I was literally, like, the first hour of this movie, I was sitting there like, wow, this is, like, a really good movie. I get why this is on Zach's top five favorites list. But after the second half, like, I'm literally sitting there like this, like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? (laughs) I couldn't, like, I've never seen anything like this before. It was... It was an incredible experience and the the way that everything fit into place, like this, like something like a pretty long scene where there's tension. I was like tense the whole time. It, it, it was just like so skillfully made that I was I was blown away by this movie. Yeah, it was really interesting the way that Bong Joon-ho can uh, really impress people with tension in the weirdest ways. And uh, obviously we're going to get to it a lot later, but uh, I'm really glad that you picked up on uh, the things that I liked about this movie. Uh, you know, obviously that that tension was fierce from time the to tension, time. Uh, and like, I'm, we'll get into it later, but the one scene that was like 20 minutes long... Uh, that shouldn't have been as tense as it was, was so tense because of the like art that this guy, you know, was able to portray it. Yeah. yeah, Just every second of this movie, I was enthralled. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're going to bring you back up in a little bit. Uh, We do got some more people to talk to you real fast up next. We have Mr. Phil better. The podcast mogul himself showed up today. I did. Uh, you know, it's been a little busy in the uh, mogul industry of podcasting. So I, I spare, I put you guys in my calendar to show up, you know, cause this oh, was an you. interesting movie to uh, review. Yeah. Uh, now with such an eclectic uh, love of things such as sons of anarchy and Mickey mouse, uh, how Don't forget does, James uh, Bond. Uh, Don't forget James uh, Bond. Uh, oh, okay. Is that, I, I didn't know what that was. Uh, how can uh, you so not, it's literally says James Bond. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was Zardoz. Sorry, I don't I don't watch a lot of franchise films. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, uh, but, but, but how does it stack up in, in the Phil Better list of movies? Uh, I, I'm assuming you haven't seen this before today, correct? Uh, yeah, no, I actually watched. I should have watched it over the weekend, but I was busy. I watched it like literally. I finished it ten minutes ago, pretty much before the show started. Um, like Michael said, the tension was masterfully done. Um, I'm a huge fan not a big fan of artistic films. And I thought this was going to be like an artsy artsy film because it's an international film. And those are the usual ones that win Oscars, but I was riveted from beginning to end. And I like how the ending kind of like shows a sequel may happen, but maybe not. So I was really, I I just loved the whole thing. It was probably if you didn't, if I had seen it before, it would have been on my top five. Oh, right on. Would it have pushed out uh, boondock saints? Maybe no, never. Oh, okay, so this movie is not as good as Boondock Saints in the it, Phil it, Better universe. In my <laughs> universe, it isn't. It is a masterfully oh. done film. It hits all the qualities that's necessary. Um, <laughs> but for me, there's a specific love. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting some hate in the uh, private chat that we have here going on, and I wish you could yeah, get some hate. But it's in the overall like 
the best movies, it is probably hands above Boondock Saints. But because I have a special love for the Boondock Saints, it's it's not. And I'm sorry, James, the original James Bond, Sean Connery, is the only James Bond in the universe. You guys all suck. Thank you very much. Uh, for, for record, uh, Sean Connery was not the original James Bond, nor was he the best. But we're just going to go ahead and move on to uh, Mr. Dylan Terry, who has a way better view of movies than <laughs> a podcast mogul. Uh, Dylan Terry, how are you, sir? Ah, uh, I'm doing fine now that I've watched this. Yeah. Uh, I know. This is a weird movie, how like almost depressing it is, but also uplifting because of how well it turned out. Uh, yeah. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read the mineral. Yeah, go Paris for it. Is, is a comedic spin on class commentary in South Korea, which, while conventional with few twists and turns, has an excellent flow, following logical from beat to beat and sure to please. Uh, yeah, I I'll say this. Uh, when we watch movies, uh, Dylan, you and I have talked about this movie off camera yeah. many times, um, but when you and I watch movies, we, we tend to find scenes that just do not fit. Uh, this movie doesn't have any of those scenes. Uh, everything about this movie falls perfectly in line to make it one of the most interesting and unique stories but if you had to sum this movie up in like a sentence what is this movie about this movie is a work of craft uh dealing with the struggles that people on every side of the class divide have to deal with now it's not necessarily specific like it's not sympath it's not wholly sympathetic to a certain viewpoint but there are no villains in this movie um and I disagree with the, I, I, there may not be very many twists, but there are at least like two or three that I can think of that are very, very, very impactful on the story. So what it makes yeah. up, what it loses in quantity, it makes for in quality. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one because there are a couple twists that uh, are better than most twists in most movies and things that you're like, I, I watched this today with my daughter and it's the first time mm -hmm. she's seen it. And uh, we'll, we'll get to the biggest twist of them all uh, later on. But yeah, I I'll say that this movie was masterful done and mm -hmm. in a way where you don't expect a twist. You're like, I'm just, I'm here for the ride. I have no idea what's going to happen here. I went to go see this in theaters with a friend of mine and all she told me I had heard I'd seen trailers and like seen and well no I hadn't even seen the trailer I saw the Paris I saw the poster and knew who was involved and what she told me was don't look anything up about this because she had seen it already she's like go in blind and I'm like okay so I'm constantly waiting because I had seen Snowpiercer and the host which are both supernatural kind of sci-fi stuff so I expected something similar so as things progressed I'm like what kind of weird thing is going on? And it was weird, but it's weird in like a very humanistic, like humanist way. Yeah. Yeah. This is probably the movie that you could easily see yourself being a part of this. Like, I mean, obviously we're not in the rich or the super low class, but you know, uh, Snowpiercer is a futuristic thing where, uh, you know, the world doesn't exist and everyone's stuck on train and host is about obviously nuclear change things. So this is the closest to real world. So I agree. Yeah. Um, all right, well let's get into the big conversation. So if we could bring everybody up on stage, we got, we got one more. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. J.M. Blaze showed up. He was having Wi-Fi problems earlier. Jerrion, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Appreciate it. Sorry about that. No, don't apologize to me. I'm sorry you're having Wi-Fi issues. Uh, dude, I know what it's like to have weather out there. Uh, so, <laughs> hot take. Hot take on this movie. What does J.M. Blaze think about this movie? Um, It was my first time seeing it. Um definitely uh it was crazy it was it had some parts where it made me laugh i thought it was funny had some like mouth open moments but it was a really good film though really good film 
Yeah, right on. And you have not seen this before, right? This is your first viewing? Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. I, I love the delay. It sounds so cool. I'm like, I wonder if we're going to have Jerry in here today. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you watch it all in like one sitting or did you have to break this up in chunks? Um, I pretty much watched it in one sitting. I mean, I took like a maybe like a 20 minute break to run to the store, but I watched it right when I came back in. So, yeah. Did, did, did this have like a roller coaster feel like it did for me? Like the first time I watched it, I was like, I have no idea where this is going. Yes. Yeah. Took the words right out of my mouth. I, yeah, you, you literally said it. <laughs> literally what you just said. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bring everybody up here so we can plow through this movie real fast. All right, gentlemen. Uh, now, the only person we don't have uh, uh, without the full house would be Mr. Chris Harvey. Uh, Chris Harvey is obviously very, very important to the world. He is uh, filming many movies at once. He's a big superstar, so he can't always get around to watching things that are on Hulu because uh, he says that that is a, quote, Kmart of all streaming services. So, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so we have this movie here, which won four Oscars. It, was not, uh, it has 299 other award wins and 266 other nominations. I, I'm looking over the list. This is the most award-winning and award-nominated movie that any of us put on our list. I didn't really realize that until I was doing some research today. Um, does anybody on this thing not like not like this movie off the bat? Like, is there is there anybody who's like, this movie just did not work for me? I didn't like it for the first two minutes because I was like, subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, I can't we, believe I have to read. Yeah, Reading one, one thing I learned moving. Movie. <laughs> one thing I learned moving to moving to Colorado is dabs really uh they they prohibit a lot of reading. <laughs> uh, but but once but but this movie kind of does a thing where even though it's con like it's very wordy, there are it's almost always subtitles, but you kind of fall into it pretty quickly and you it just you acclimate, I think. And some movies like you struggle to read and look, read and look. I think this movie worked very well, and I'm not really sure what uh Bong had to you know to do to make that work so well but he did have this really cool oscar speech where he says if you can just get past the two inch bar that's on the bottom of a screen you're going to open up your horizons to so many more movies and i completely agree and i'm glad dan uh, allowed that two inches to not prohibit his stuff uh <laughs> <laughs> and it was strange right, so too because um usually when you have those subtitles you're missing a lot of stuff that's going on in the screen but like the way that this thing is framed is so like I, I could see everything that was going on even while I was reading, and that's not usually how that works. And I don't know how he did that either. This so movie is yeah. gorgeously just put it, together. Incredible, yeah. incredible. Just about the subtitles, yeah. because I live in a very noisy neighborhood, I have to have subtitles on all my movies. So I learned how to watch a movie and read at the same time. So th the subtitles didn't bother me. It was like, oh, I'm just watching another movie. And it's like, okay, there's just different words coming out of their mouths. But yeah, no, the, once you get past the subtitles, the first two minutes and you get used to the reading, it's the, the movie just opens up so much more. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Now, Justin, uh, when we were given this task to watch a Korean movie named Parasite. Did you have any ideas going into it, what this was about or what this was to be? About? Uh, I really thought it was going to be about the uh, anime Parasite. You know, Bug takes over a person and mm -hmm. his whole arm goes schizo. But uh, <laughs> it was 
it was nice that they modernized it a little bit, I guess. Um, less <laughs> less monster movie, more uh, more. I guess <laughs> it's more, kind of yeah. a monster movie. Kind of, yeah, uh, I mean, kind of. Yeah, kinda. I mean, I think. I think monster is uh, the class itself is a monster, but um, mm. now ha- has anybody else seen any of uh, Bong Joon Ho's other movies like Snowpiercer, uh, Host? I know Dylan has because we've talked about this a lot. Uh, Snowpiercer is probably the one that everyone's seen. Uh, Host yeah. is a is a very cool, weird movie. Uh, I I was actually curious when I went to go see this in theaters if it was going to be a stealth sequel to the Host because the Host Parasite same director. Yeah. I, I was wondering if this was going to be a sequel. Where you know you, it's like a family drama, and then suddenly you find out that half these people have been possessed by a giant, uh, you know, tadpole mutant. <laughs> I'm glad it oh, wasn't. Cool. I'm really glad it wasn't. Yeah. But it would have been an yeah. interesting theater going. I, I when yeah. I w- when I heard the title and I didn't know anything about it, I'm like, oh, it's going to be like this like sci-fi Asian movie with like things. I didn't even know he made a movie called host. And now I want to see host. Cause I've seen Snowpiercer. I've seen this. Both are fantastic. So I'm guessing host is just going to blow me away. Like most films. Yeah. yeah I definitely thought very- that this was going to, I definitely thought that this was going to be a horror movie when, when you said parasite and you know, it just, uh, but I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't. <laughs> Wait, is Red Flanagan saying Snowpiercer is a better movie than Parasite? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Snowpiercer is divisive in my experience. I take I take back what I said about wanting Red on the show. <laughs> Snowpiercer is a good movie. I think it's I think it's a little bit more in your face. Like this is class, and where yeah. this movie uh, takes class and makes it. Uh, just kind of devious and seedy. But all right, let's hop into this movie. So uh, the movie opens and we are automatically below the surface in a family's crummy apartment. Uh, we see that the son cannot get any free Wi-Fi anymore and an unmotivated family is figuring out what to do. Uh, even this family has bugs and they flip the bugs away and they huddle in the bathroom to find Wi-Fi. And uh, the, the first part that lets me know that uh, you know, this is going to be something kind of weird is that uh, that's when the exterminator comes. And we see a man peeing outside their window and then we see an exterminator come and just fill their entire house up with uh, just fumes to kill bugs. So automatically, you know, okay, uh, they're looked at as the lowest of the low. They're looked at as bugs of the family. And they're even folding uh, pizza boxes where <laughs> there's chemicals to kill bugs like in the pizza box. Uh, so <laughs> movie starts. Now, now, what is everyone thinking once this movie starts and knowing that this is probably not a horror movie uh, <laughs> anymore? I still thought it was a horror movie straight up off the bat. It wasn't until the like near the when the twist starts happening that I was like, oh, so this isn't a horror movie. Okay. This is more yeah. of like a thriller, more social uh, commentary on uh, class warfare, if you will. I was just like, what, what are they going to turn into? Because the movie's <laughs> called Parasite. And yeah, be right? So I'm like, what the hell is going to happen? Like, yeah. what are they going to turn into? This is going to be awesome. And then it, it still was awesome, but not in the way I yeah. thought. Uh, so that's when the pizza box person comes and picks up a box because they're not doing a good job. And they said about 25% of the boxes are just poorly done. So this family doesn't even have motivation to do the job they already have. Uh, but what we can see is that they start using their charm and their wit to start getting you know uh, the things that they need to get. They kind of talk themselves into getting a job but having the girl fire the driver that brought her there, which uh, immediately I'm like, okay, these guys are pretty clever. So I'm into that. Um, the next thing that we see is that they're, jing- uh, they're drinking very cheap drinks and they're eating snacks for dinner. Uh, 
and even though they have like very low quality food, they are still together and they're still kind of happy and they're doing their thing. Um, so the family gets a visitor and he brings the president and it's a, it's a rock. It's called a scholar's rock. And they say that this rock brings the family wealth and prosperity. Uh, the guy's name is Min and he uh, tells them about this family that he works for, that he tutors the daughter and that he's going to go away uh, abroad on school. And he kind of wants to date the daughter, uh, but he has to wait until she gets to college. And he tells the son, hey, you can have my job, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then they start forging documents right away. Now, I- I'm, I'm assuming that like, there's not a lot going on where you guys can guess what is going to happen. But, uh, uh, Michael, what, what were you thinking here? Um, even though nothing was really happening yet, I was still, like, very involved in what was going on. Um, I don't know. Uh, again, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the framing, just just the way they were talking to each other. But, like... Everything that's going on, even though at this point in the movie, it's very like mundane stuff. Um, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm in on this movie. I don't know why, but I'm in. Yeah. Uh, so they forge a degree for the son from Oxford University. And uh, this is the first time that we get the understanding that they don't really think what they're doing is bad. The son's like, look, I'm probably going to go to college next year anyway. So I'm, I'm pre-printing all this stuff out. So they, they get the sense that the, the, the weird little wrongdoings that they are engaging in really aren't like Wrong. bad, really. Um, so the son gets the house for the interview, and it's a gorgeous, super expensive house. Uh, we're introduced to the Park family, and the mom is asleep outside, probably drunk on white wine. Um, and the mom mentions that she loves men, but she wants to sit on on his first school lesson because whatever, whatever. Now, I thought the interesting thing here was that. Uh, they find out pretty quickly that the Kim family likes Americans. They like USA. So immediately the son changes his name to Kevin, which is a, just a very American name. And I thought that was, uh, I thought that was like an interesting little touch because his name is close to Kevin. Uh, but he's like, no, my name's Kevin. And then when the daughter comes, like she changes her name to Jessica. And I'm like, oh, I, I like what they're doing. They're really just engaging and they're immediately taking advantage of this family. Um, I like the see. switch because it's usually the rich taking taking advantage of the poor now the the poor people are taking advantage of the like this not the stupidity but the naivety of some of the, the this rich family so i like that switch instead of it being the other way yeah, yeah, yeah. These rich people you, you can really tell when you meet this family that they're very they've haven't really done anything to earn anything so they're just like yeah whatever we trust americans you have an american name here you go. Yeah. Good job. You went Good to job. All right. She you went, went to Oxford, Illinois. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I also like that even the toys that she buys were made in the USA just to make sure they were even more authentic to what, uh, quote, the kid wanted. But um, in the scene, you could already tell that Kevin is like manipulating the entire family by, you know, touching the pulse of the daughter, uh, trying to manipulate the way that they look at uh, training. And his. <laughs> you know, his uh, his lessons for just plow through a test obviously aren't good, but they just take him on his <laughs> on his confidence. Um, and as he leaves, uh, the mother brings up the idea of uh, the idea of uh, having an art teacher. So Kevin's like, "Oh, I know this one uh, art teacher from United States. She's from Illinois." Uh, and you could tell right away, like, "Okay, they're going to try to get the daughter in there." Um, 
They use a lot more U.S. lingo to impress the Park family. When Jessica gets there, though, I, I was curious what everyone thought about this. When she uses her her pneumatic device to like memorize the lies that she has to tell, what what did you guys get from that? She's super smart. Yeah, she's crafty. They're clever. Yeah, yeah it's not. Yeah, it's definitely not the first time they've pulled some shit like that. Um, being poor, being that poor, you have to be uh, clever to survive. So, yeah, this is definitely not the first time they've done some shit like this. Maybe, probably not on this scale, but this is definitely not the first grift that they've pulled. Yeah. All right. The struggle makes you resourceful. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, and once Jessica gets there, uh, she leaves, and then Kevin goes up and kind of flirts with the daughter, and they kiss a little bit, which lets Kevin know, like, okay, now he's he's in. Uh, Jessica meets the son, and after some time, Jessica talks to the mother about art therapy, and then just makes up some stuff to get the job at a very high rate. So I like the fact that she's using uh, the things that the family doesn't know of against him she's like look I, I don't know this is gonna take me like four or five classes uh this is gonna be very expensive i don't know if you guys can and just the fact that it was so expensive made the park family want it more uh because you know rich people just want everything they think they can get i do like how uh men like came in and he's like yeah i'm gonna date this girl when she comes when she gets to the university and she's like a yeah. sophomore in high school and he's like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, then, and then you see kevin come in and go Hello. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, thanks, Red Flanagan. I guess they're trying to work their way back on the show. Anyone who's talked to Zach for any amount of time knows that he is powered entirely by hot air. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And a, lot, and a lot of devices, too. Uh, <laughs> Um, so on the way home, uh, they, they make the driver give Jessica a ride home, and she obviously doesn't want to get taken to her house. Uh, and she notices that the driver kind of flirts with her a little bit. Oh, yeah. And she, and she comes up with this, uh, you know, a, a plan, and she takes her underwear off. And uh, that's when we realize that this family is very devious to get everything they want. And I think here is where you can start seeing, like, what's, uh, what's about to happen, right? Uh, is this yeah. where everyone like starts noticing like, oh, they're really going to just take advantage yes. of this full family? Mm-hmm. This actually reminded me of I don't know if you guys know Darren Brown. He did this uh, test. He's a hypnotist uh, in uh, the UK, and he had a Netflix show called The Push, where he tries to convince someone to push an innocent man off a roof of this event that's going on. And so it's all these little tr- triggers to get mm-hmm. the person just to get up to the push. And he did it with like four or five people. And so I was watching this and I was like, this is exactly like the first thing, you know, forging the documents. It's not that bad. It was similar to what, like putting non-vegan and vegan things together. Like, oh, it's okay. No one will know. No one will know. You know, like it's, it's fine. It's fine. And then the justification just going further and further down. I was like, oh, so this is a, like, it's, it's actual proof that this stuff works and seeing it in the movie. I'm like, yeah, that's believable. Yeah. Uh, and so she kind of tells her dad the plan, and this is when we get another uh, uh, visual of their food, and they're eating a little bit better now, um, and they're making fun of like other families too. Uh, in the car, the husband finds the underwear, and he suspects the driver of <laughs> he suspects the driver. Fun. Uh, having some fun in the car, yeah. And he t- he tells Miss Park about it. Uh, she immediately like <laughs> puts a glove on and starts inspecting the underwear, and then coming up with this weird idea of that 
oh, if they're having sex in the car, then they got to be doing crystal meth and, you know, cocaine also, <laughs> which uh, this it's, point, very like, American. Okay, this, it's very American. Yeah. You know, that's what happens oh, yeah, in America, right? Yeah, that's what we do yeah. here. Crystal meth, cocaine, and sex and, sex and benzes. That's all right. Sex, right. In yeah, that order. Ben, ben yeah. Uh, at this moment, I was like, cool, at least Dan's in. Once they talked about cocaine and crystal meth, I was like, all right, this is, this is me Dan's going to be into. Um, I, think, I think you're blowing past the food a little bit too much because they really used that as an indicator of how they were doing. Mm -hmm. The food that they were eating throughout this entire movie was really an indicator. Like they're at, like, they're eating shit in their shitty apartment in the beginning and then. They're like a little bit better, you know, in a nicer restaurant, but you can see like the food as it gets, as it gets better, them eating at better restaurants. Like yeah. that was, that was a visual indicator of yeah. how this thing was going through the entire movie. And I thought that was really well done. Yeah, that was pretty smart. Even the beer itself, like when they first start, they're drinking like the crappiest beer. Uh, and throughout the middle, they're like, now they're drinking Sapporo, which is a very import you know so uh you're you're right that the the usage of different uh displays to let you know how this story is going is such a great thing mm -hmm. um so the husband goes into thinking it's drugs yeah and they fire <laughs> they decide to fire the driver uh without confrontation there's like we're just gonna make up something um jessica drops in the conversation they ask about the driver and she makes up this whole big thing about how uh her uncle is rich and he just moved to the united states and they had this one driver for like 30 years or whatever um and obviously they want to meet the driver so the next thing we get is at a benz dealership <laughs> where the dad is just studying studying everything about the same car that they own that they know everything about this to pull off their scheme even better um I wonder if they uh, actually put in the effort to use these skills to trick people to actually get a job, you know, like get a legit job and use their knowledge to become rich. You know, that's that would no, be the. There's no movie if they do that. Though. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, know I also I also think uh, the, the no motivation. Like I didn't feel the no motivation from this family even in the beginning. Like it did feel like they were. They felt entitled. They felt like they no. were, you know, on the precipice of doing like they've done this before. This is probably not the first time, you know, they've just maybe not Gone this been far. successful in their past couple. Of I don't know. I, 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 I took the beginning when the son kind of showed the dad videos of how to do the boxes faster as them always looking for shortcuts. They're always unmotivated to do an actual mm -hmm. job. They just wanted the easy, the easiest route because they were also treated like crap. Uh, that, that's kind of how I took it. That's why I said unmotivated because I kind of took it as they don't really want to do the work to get the job, but they're smart yeah. enough to actually do it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're definitely capable. Yeah, I feel like that is a commentary on uh, the the society right now. Everybody looking for shortcuts mm -hmm. to become rich, yep. um, and it, it's well, weird. Like you, go ahead. Well, I I don't know if it's so much people are looking for shortcuts to get rich, but I think the problem is that there's such a gap between rich and poor people. And when you look at what rich people do, it's like they don't really do anything. Like I don't know what they're doing. Uh, when you look at the poor people, you're like, you guys are working your ass off, and you're not really getting anywhere. So the idea of taking advantage of a rich person that probably didn't earn it, 
Uh, No, taking advantage of the rich stupidity, I have no problem with. um, (laughs) Because who who doesn't, right? Uh, We're all for that. Yeah, why not? The rich have too much money. They should be giving it to the poor. But I'm talking about how they are using shortcuts to get to these next level of life instead of actually, you know, building the proper foundation, building it up. Uh, One of the groups I moderate is a a stockbroker group and nearly 90% of the posts going in from newbies are all crypto coin questions. And it's like, no, this is a stockbroker, like a stock market group. And they think it's like, oh, I'll just buy Dogecoin and I'll be rich. And they're thinking if we can trick these, this family, they'll just give us all the money. That's what I see it as. Also, I'm a sociologist, anthropologist, so that's how I look at the world. There's a lot of You're anthropologists. Okay. <laughs> I'm a. I, I have a degree in sociology, anthropology from my like, university. I'm a botanist, a physicist, a scientist. Yeah. No, I'm. A, I, I legit have a degree from Concordia <laughs> University. God damn it! I graduated in this shit, and then I became a podcast mogul. Because <laughs> no, there's no money in soci- being a sociologist. There's none. That's like. That's like being an art major. Yeah, pretty much. Wait, uh, <laughs> it's one hundred percent true. My creative writing degree is worth at least the paper it was printed on. Wait, so Phil, <laughs> you're saying that this movie is is touching on the fact that a lot of people don't want to work hard to get something? Yeah, no one wants to work hard. <laughs> wow. People are inherently lazy. It's very that, true. I, Whoa! I, I disagree oh, no. with you. Hold yeah. on. Are you crazy? So Have you read? People, the brain is hardwired to find shortcuts Mm -hmm. Uh, the brain is hardwired to find shortcuts so people are inherently lazy it takes dedication and hard work to get to where you want i think finding a shortcut somewhere isn't lazy as much as determination and like innovation and intelligence no i'm taking when you i'm talking about the shortcuts this family is doing the shortcuts this family is doing but you're, you're talking about societal shortcuts, which means that the, the normal person is the person who goes to college, gets married, has a job, buys the house and does that stuff. And these people are taking shortcuts around that. And I don't think that that's what this movie is. And I actually don't think I agree with your point of view here. It's fine. You're allowed to disagree with my point of view. (laughs) Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. (laughs) Well, Dylan Dylan has two and it's very weird, but it was like a piercing thing. I use both of them Uh, equally. (laughs) <laughs> that is true. Well, back to the movie. So that's a weird uh, visual going on in my head right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's like it's like a Prince Albert, but in the back. Um, it's like okay. <laughs> so uh, we talk about, uh, and then we meet the housekeeper, and she's been there since before the architect. Uh, she mentions the architect of the building, and she's been there bo- since the original owner of the house. Uh, so we are trying to get the mother a job now, and you can tell the fact that we introduced. The, the audience to the housekeeper is what's going on. Uh, and we also found that the housekeeper is allergic to peaches. So they sabotage. Her. Uh, the dad lies about the housekeeper being diagnosed with tuberculosis, uh, which I thought was a very crazy scene. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you cut in with scenes of the, the family practicing this lie and practicing uh, how they're going to tell the mom that the, that the, the housekeeper has tuberculosis, uh, which is just more uh, devious and uh, ways around society if you're phil um let's see and <laughs> i'm just gonna get uh, shots now oh yeah Phil's a you are man. now <laughs> yeah it's fine i'm used to it like three episodes to make up for bro i know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i gotta get my you, I gotta you, get are, you are an archaeologist so you should dig up some truth about <laughs> anthropologist uh, uh, anthropologist you I forgot, I forgot what university you went to. Um, Anthropology is uh, too expensive for me. I get all my furniture from thrift stores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you look good in those dresses, though, Dylan. Um, 
Okay, so uh, the mom does not want the kids around tuberculosis or even the dad knowing that she brought somebody with tuberculosis in. So they kind of scheme up this thing and they throw some hot sauce on this bloody, uh, to make it look like a bloody cloth to get Miss Park out of there. And uh, they just make up on our excuse and she quits. Um, well, she gets fired, I guess. Then there's this weird yeah, thing where they, they have the housekeeper like walk down the street and kind of looking around. Now, for those that, you know, this first time watching a movie, was this, was this anything at all? Or we just thought she was sad for losing her job? Yeah, it was it just confused. looked like it just looked like she was sad because she had been there for so long. Like it did look they did a good job of making her look like, you know, she was just like, what am I going to do now? Because yeah. I, I know nothing besides what I've been doing. This this part is when the, the main family starts to get a lot more gray in their motivation, mm-hmm. at least for me. Before that, like obviously getting someone fired so you can take their job is not an ethical thing to do, but it happens a driver, time. a driver is a real easy thing. Like, you know, a chauffeur in a city like that, you can just kind of hop, you can sidestep into another position. Yeah. A housekeeper of 30 years who has been working for the same family. And especially when you get rid of them with like a health concern, you're starting to mess with stuff that is like out and out bad. And so this is when yeah. you're starting to be like, Oh, okay. They're really devious. Yeah, I agree. And, and everything is just escalating a little bit higher, a little bit higher. Uh, well, so Mrs. Park- you're, sorry, but if you're stuck in a basement for like how many fucking years? <laughs> like, you know, it's 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 time to move up by any means necessary. <laughs> like, I'm surprised they went this route. I expect the people to die. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, so Mrs. Park tells Mr. Park that she quits. And the driver brings up, uh, he, he just flashes his card that says the care. And uh, once again, it's another uh, uh, reference to their American love and the fact that they need to be stroked. Uh, and they talk about their VIP services that the, the care provides. And the husband looks at the card and is like, hmm, this is good quality. I like this. What, what's up with Justin? What is Justin doing? <laughs> oh, is he, he's really getting a good time Mickey over there. Yeah, he, he's enjoying Mickey. Uh... <laughs> Did you just shows... notice what Mickey's doing? Did, how many shows have we had where that Mickey poster's been there? I never <laughs> noticed the boner this whole time. <laughs> Every show, man. Every show I've been on, the Mickey has had a boner. Yeah. yeah. I, just like, I just like that it feels like, well, in this corner is where my mouth is always open. So this is where I'm going to put Mickey over here. <laughs> this this is the gold content people are missing if they listen to this later. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Feel better with Mickey Mouse's boner in his ear every week, yeah. and the diabolical dad just giggling on a cartoon pepper. <laughs> I think he's broken. Yeah, yeah that's kind of weird. He just broke out in laughter. That was awesome. I know. Job, he, had to mute, he had to mute himself from all the snorts. Um, I apologize. I'm all serious now. We're good. We're good. Well, this is yeah, yeah, that's what we do. This is a very serious podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, as you continue to stare at a Disney dick, keep going. Uh, um, so, so not, not, now the mom is the housekeeper. Both families pretty much live together now. Uh, the son smells the driver in this really cool scene, which sets up a little bit later on. But the son smells the driver and then runs over to the housekeeper and then mentions how they smell alike and also how that smells. Uh, they smell like Jessica, which is very weird. So uh, this is 
after this is another scene that Michael was talking about how they show that like food is evolving. They're getting better food. They're drinking better beer. And they're kind of like uh, talking about what they're going to do now. Um, and even though things are good at their house and they have more money, uh, there's still someone peeing outside, which, you know, they still, even though they have money, they're still lowest class. Um, now we get to the scene where the Park family is, uh, they're going on a camping trip and they're just telling everybody what to do um, because we get a little bit of exposition here where it turns out that the last birthday party that they've had at the house, the son saw a ghost. And uh, they don't want to have any more birthday parties because it just freaks the sun out. So every year they do something different. One year they went to a restaurant. Now this year they're going to go camping. Which leaves uh, our, our family alone at the house. And they're just doing all the things. They are drinking the nicest whiskey. They're drinking Patron. Uh, they're eating super great food. They're lounging everywhere. They're making a mess and doing a bunch of stuff. And it seems like things are good for them. Uh, they're looking at this house like it's their house. They're talking outside like, hey, look, rain's on our grass. We're drinking nice whiskey. Things are good. And the housekeeper's like, well, sure. But as soon as the parks come home, we're going to scurry like cockroaches. And that's another reference that we get that this family looks at themselves like bugs. They live underground, being exterminated. Uh, they live like within the cracks and everything. And uh, he kind of gets upset. Um, and uh, they have this weird thing where like you think for a second the husband's going to hit the wife. And they're like, no, we're just still a happy family. And we're just hanging out. And that's when the doorbell rings. Who jokes like that? Yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm not just going to grab my fiance by the shirt and be like, Ugh. I was like, I'm going to yeah. end up in prison. Uh, and it was at this moment, I was like, well, Justin's into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Best scene in this the entire movie. Right in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. The doorbell rings, and it's the old housekeeper, and she left something in the basement, and she just wants to get in. And it's raining and everything else, everything else. Uh, did you guys have any idea what she left in the basement? I thought this or is where she... it was going to turn into like the horror part yep. of the movie. Like I was expecting like she, some weird ass demon or something to come out at this point. Yeah. Cause this is where the parasite was. I was, and, I yeah. wasn't expecting this at all. Like I thought this was where the housekeeper was going to try to get back in. Like I, at this point, I knew that this was probably not a horror movie. I was expecting a more human, element to this I thought actually the housekeeper, than we got yeah i thought the housekeeper was like on the wall like 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 a conjuring like type of thing of demon <laughs> but she was trying to get the bookshelf apart but she's like ah! well, that that image of like, her like what the fuck that image of her suspended between the two caught me too and i'm like oh god and then you're like what is she doing yeah uh but she goes down there and she pushes uh, a cabinet and there's a door behind there leading to a stairs. And she runs downstairs screaming. And we get to the bottom. <laughs> we see her husband's down there. And she starts feeding him a bottle. And the husband's been down there for over four years. Now, now this is where the big twist is. And we see that uh, <laughs> not only is there a parasite leeching on this family, but there has already been a parasite leeching on this family. Uh, now that we kind of reveal the bigger twist, what did you guys think knowing that they were living in the basement? Cool. I that was awesome. Ooh. Good timing. I don't know what that was. That was cool. Ew. We have sound effects now. No, it was. I, I hit the. Uh, I hit my boom arm. Uh, that, that, that's a. That's a Mickey boy. Yeah, that's Mickey awesome. just got excited because he's like, "Ooh, it's gonna happen." <laughs> 
Uh, Michael, you'd be the one to, to find this to be the best part of the movie. What, what was going through your mind when the husband's down there? There's obviously something up with him and he's being fed a bottle. Um, I think they went into what was going on pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was any real, you know, time to think about what this might be because she does start explaining it to him pretty quick that, yeah. you know, he is, you know, he owes money to some bad people and, um, you know, so he's basically hiding out down there. Nobody knows he's down there. Like yeah. this is a little bit of a, this is a little bit of a crazy thing, but at the same time, it's like this architect built this house. You know, they explain why this thing is here to begin with. Um, so yeah, I don't think there was too much time to like, you know, guess what was going on. Cause she, she really got down to it right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the mom goes to call the cops because uh, she needs them out of there. And that's when the family just falls down the steps and the old housekeeper videotapes the family talking, you know, calling to her dad and whatever. And then they all fight. And the old housekeeper and her husband have the, the new family hostage and they're like videotaping them and kind of making fun of them. And they start reminiscing of like their first couple nights there. And while reminiscing, uh, they all fight over the phone. And the old housekeeper hits a couple of the people in the head with a vase, and the daughter throws peaches all over the housekeeper, and then the phone rings again. Thunder. And that's when we get that's when we get like another twist. And they all kind of stop and it's like, what's going on? Guess what? The family is coming home in about eight minutes. The trip is canceled due to the early rain, and uh, they all have to rush and make dinner and hide the two people and clean up everything in eight minutes. And the parks get home and things go crazy. Uh, the husband's downstairs doing Morse code on some lights, and uh, it turns out that he knows that his son is a Cub Scout and has been like sending messages, uh, <laughs> secret messages to the son. Uh, Dylan, what message do you think uh, the, the husband was sending the, the son? I haven't gone through and looked because they ha- they have the the actual uh, Morse code on the wall, and I didn't yeah. do my due diligence and go in and pause and like see it. Um, I, I don't know, but I mean, apparently it didn't have much of an impact on what the kid was doing. The kid but, did not care about no. yeah. <laughs> well, Like he didn't, didn't notice. notice anything about it. My main yeah, question about that, my main question about that is like, I don't know. I, the, I, from the park's point of view, I guess I just assumed that they had sensors on the lights for the stairs. Yeah. 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 Cause he like know. every time he accidentally just, he knew when they were coming up and he hit them for him. I think it was also because like something was up with the husband, but either yeah. way. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He's like a cookie. Oh, yeah. Well, there. I mean, yeah. I just want to say there. this entire sequence is just this beautiful filmmaking, like cascade of escalation. Everything escalates yeah. in this in a really natural way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the part that I was talking about where I was like, my jaw was just hanging open. I'm like, <laughs> That entire time that, you know, the parks are home and these guys are trying to hide from them, like cleaning up the shit that they had and hiding under the table. I was just like, <laughs> like, yeah, and eyes and mouth wide open. I'm like, what? Like uh, these people, <laughs> what is going to happen? They're all really drunk, too, which I'm a huge fan of. Like people are drinking because it's fun and something goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and over the dinner, tells the 
story of when her son saw the ghost on first grade. And that's when you realize that the ghost is, you know, the husband from downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and they did show for- that shot of his face, like coming up and his eyes are real wide. And I was yeah. like, I would be scared shitless of that. Yeah. Kind of- <laughs> yeah. Look, that was creepy yeah, I- as fuck. Yeah. And every time, like, the you know, tension is rising and they're about to get under, and then the son comes downstairs and he wants to sleep in the teepee. So then the family's under, you know, uh, under the table, and the son's out there, and then the, <laughs> the parents, well, we might as well just sleep on the sofa since he's outside. And uh, that's when you get a very weird sex scene. Uh, <laughs> that was the most awkward thing I've ever seen. Like, for yeah. some reason, when she goes, do it clockwise, yep. I was like, whoa. Yeah. They've been Who married for a while. They've been married for a while, and they know what they like, and they respect each yeah. other to do that. I it's yes, it was just it was just so like yeah, they were both so awkward during the whole thing. Yeah, it was their first yeah. time. Like, fingers too. He's like, yeah, oh god. <laughs> but right before that, it gets even weirder because the dad can or like the Mister Park can smell, and he's like, oh, it's that nasty smell that like poor people have when they're on a subway like boiled radishes and he's under the table just smelling himself and then being told like dude you stink you're so poor uh and that's when yeah the sex thing comes and that's really weird he's like hey do you still have those old pennies do you still have those cheap panties yeah those <laughs> and she's cheap like panties yeah and then the mom's like yeah do you want to buy me some drugs <laughs> so they're <laughs> role-playing as like just poor people <laughs> And I just thought it was so weird that like they just act out like what it is like to be poor. It's like, oh, you have your cheap panties. Like, yeah, buy me drugs. <laughs> buy me drugs. I actually um, thought that that was. I thought that's what she was on the whole time. Like, I thought that's why she was so out of it. Oh, <laughs> was no, that she I, was on drugs? Uh, no, no she's I kinda, just I, simple. <laughs> yeah, I took it. She was like messed up on wine, and they were just role playing what they felt like you know devious people do. That's how I took it anyway. Um. Let's see. Where are we at here? Uh, after a while, uh, the mom texts the family to tell them to leave because everyone's sleeping. And uh, the son and the daughter all leave. And and the dad is trying to get out. And that's when the walkie-talkie goes off. And the dad is just stuck <laughs> on the floor in like, almost a plank position. And, uh, yeah, once again, tension is just going crazy. Um, but they all get to the garage and they leave the house. Uh, when they get down, and it's it's interesting watching them go home. Because it's constantly just down steps and down and down and down and down. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, when we finally get down there, it's like just flood. Everything's flooded. It's awful. Um, yeah, this see. was what I thought was the best, like the best, like cinematography in this movie was them going down these steps. Yeah. And then like the overhead, like panning shot above all the wires and everything. And you see these people like waiting with, you know, doors and other things like with all their belongings, just like going through this sewage water that, that came up through the, it was just amazing to look at. Yeah. (laughs) And it was really interesting watching uh, this family go through the house and get the things that they thought was most important. Uh, When to met the wall from you know, our, his days in the military. Uh, the son goes and gets the rock because he still thinks that this thing's going to give him prosperity. Uh, the daughter just goes into the bathroom and gets her cigarettes and her money and just enjoys like a little bit of privacy again. Um, 
After getting a face and full that, of shit water. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very cigarette. interesting shot also of her sitting on top of the toilet while it's like bucking and yeah. she's just like chilling. She's Whatever. like, fuck this shit. Whatever. Yeah, and it, it lets you know that they are never going to be the upper class. They are okay with just having shit on them. They are comfortable just in that, which I thought was just, um, we get that inner cut or with the sunset and the Morse code, which actually doesn't really go anywhere. Um, but we wake up and everyone's in the gym and uh, they kind of have this, they have this conversation right here. And I think this sums up at least the way the family looks at the world. And they have this conversation about how you should never make plans because no matter what your plans are, the world's going to happen anyway. And he makes the reference to every single person in here had a plan. And their plan was not to wake up this gym. So don't make a plan. And I thought that was I thought that was interesting and kind of against how this movie wants you to to feel, I think. Uh it, yeah, it it shows that the dad just doesn't have his hope anymore. He's like, I the world has beat me down to the point where I just don't have a plan. Mm-hmm. It's like it's yeah. not worth planning for things because it's gonna go wrong. So if right. it, you don't have a way for it to go, it can't go wrong. Yeah. But it's going to go bad, but it can't go wrong. Yeah, I think that that was just I think that was just his frustration with how the plan was going was he was just sort of like, you know, we had this plan, it's not worth, you know, we're still sleeping in a gym covered in shit water. So who cares? That it felt more like frustration rather than an actual lesson that he was trying to teach them. It's Again, like when- that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, yeah. like when they they work their asses off to get up and up and up, and as soon as they get it to a certain level, they kick back down. And they're just like, man. And then it's been happened. It happened to them many, many times. So now they're just like giving up on hope. Yeah. Like we've all been there. We've all been there. At least and I have. Get, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then we get the next scene, which is a direct juxtaposition of uh, their life, which is the rain actually made the Parks family better. Uh, they look at it as a, a good thing. Now they can have their fam- their friends and family over. Um, Red Flanagan says, wait, I'm sorry, can you put it back up? Uh, no one family has a plan either, except the daughter, the black sheep, and we see how things go for her. Yeah, true. No one really has a plan. They just kind of keep moving re- forward. The son has a plan at the end, for sure. And he plans yeah. to go to college. I mean, yeah, <laughs> and the daughter didn't really feel like a black sheep either. I mean, she definitely seemed like she had the most smarts, like the most devious wit. Uh, but I, I didn't really see her as a black sheep. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so in the other house, in the rich people's house, they're setting up for a birthday party. Um, the family's all back together because the daughter wants Kevin there. Uh, they want Jessica there for the son. And <laughs> they're having just the best time ever. And the other family's having literally the worst time ever. Uh, and they're... See, Kevin's having some crisis of whether or not he fits in, and they're having like a weird scene, and Kevin's starting to break. And obviously, we're at the point now where you can tell things are, are going to happen. All the family is just fed up. They're they're breaking. Um, did, and- did we cover the former housekeeper falling down the stairs? Yeah, because nope. that was hilarious. I'm sorry. Like, well, yeah, that- <laughs> stairs, oh, oh, I don't know about that. Hilarious. That was fucking brutal, dude. That was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> was crazy. She's an anaphylaxis from her allergies, and she trips down the stairs. 
No, yeah. the mother kicked no, her the down mom, the stairs. The, the, the yes, poor mother yes. just like fucking super kicks her down the stairs. Yeah. 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 When she that. hit her head, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, in the car, uh, Mrs. Park, who's running around doing all the chores, she starts to smell Mr. Kim. And uh, they're talking about what a blessing the rain was. Um, and let's see. Mr. Park is uh, dressing up the driver now as a Native American, and he's telling the story of how the cake's going to come out and blah, blah, blah. And uh, the, the dad is trying to have like an actual conversation with him. And I thought the scene was very interesting because uh, the dad's like talking to him. And then uh, Mr. Park just looks at him and goes, you're being paid extra. So it's a job. We're not friends. And you're, it's like, dude, like you just, oh. I was having such a hard time because, like, you want to like this family, not not Parks, but you want to like the the other family, but you, you just can't because they're not they're not great. Um, <laughs> so back in the basement, Kevin brings the rock and he gets caught by the husband, um, and that's a weird scene where uh, the husband who's downstairs like wraps up Kevin with like this choker, ties him to a pole, and you're like, whoa, God. Yes. Uh, Kevin runs Kevin runs upstairs and uh, the husband just hits him in the, in the head with a rock. After Pick making him like like just pull yanking him back. Now I mm -hmm. think I think the I think whatever the thing he had around his neck got caught on some steps oh, or okay. something because the, yeah. the the guy was way behind him. Okay. Yeah. Either way, he got hit in the head with the rock and then hit again, and it's like, yeah. oh, this this is not looking good at all. Um, and Jessica's outside presenting the cake when uh, the bloody basement husband he just grabs a knife and he does a call. Uh, he goes outside and just stabs Jessica, <laughs> just stabs her right in the chest with everyone watching. Uh, Mr. Park grabs his son and yells for Mr. Kim to go get the car. And he goes to throw the keys to him just as the basement man falls on him. And this is crazy because, uh, like the dad wants to get me out so bad, but he can just not stand the smell of these poor people. Like, he's having such a hard time just getting the keys off of somebody who stinks. Um, yeah, and you can uh, what the hell was I going to say? Son of a bitch. <laughs> something very important that you're going to come back and say it. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, we found out earlier that they had 15 minutes after this kid had a seizure to get him to the hospital. Yeah. Right. So there's so a bit of a time. It's, crunch, like, right? it's important that they get. So yeah, that right. seemed more important than maybe it came out to be after I thought about it for 15 <laughs> fucking minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. That time, which is why he needed to get to the sun out there so fast. But the dad is just so upset with Mr. Park and the smell thing that he just walks up and just stabs him. Uh, and obviously, all right, what are you guys thinking now? Like things are just going crazy. Everything's falling apart. Uh, what, 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 what's going through everyone's head? Like that was kind of like the last straw. Like, okay, you told me I've smelled numerous, numerous times. Now you're showing me that this guy smells too. Like, I'm just going to stab this guy. This world's a better place without this guy. Like, just get rid of him. And then yeah, he runs he off. Could... That's great. Mr. How Park's you... like degeneration of his sort of like being able to put up with this guy, you could see it in his mm -hmm. face. Like when they're dressed up like the native Americans, like you could see, he's like, I do not want to be a part of this. And it's not because it's stupid. It's because I don't want to do this with you. And then <laughs> yeah, him like holding his nose as he moves him to get the keys was like the last straw for mm -hmm. this guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Kevin wakes up in the hospital and he's being arrested. Uh, him and his mother get sentenced and they visit Jessica's grave. Um, now they're back in their apartment cleaning off everything. And there's a news report, not knowing where the dad is. Uh, Kevin goes and checks on his ha- on the house, like the rich house in the snow. And he realizes that his dad is actually sending him a uh, Morse code message, uh, letting him know like what's going on and everything. Um, now, after deciphering the, the Morse code, uh, I'm, I'm a little, it, it, the ending of this gets a little weird for me because I'm not really sure exactly what happens. Uh, because they make they make it very clear that his son has uh, some kind of brain damage and he laughs a lot. And mm-hmm. the only time he doesn't laugh is when he's around his dead sister. Uh, then we get the scene of the son, I guess, writing another message to the dad that he's never going to get, really. Uh, and it's like, hey, I'm going to do things the right way. I'm going to make enough money. I'm going to get married. I'm going to buy this house. Me and mom are going to spend there. And just when things are great, you're going to walk up the stairs. Uh, but until then, I'll see you later. And it pretty much ends right where it starts, in the same house, doing the same stuff, looking at the same view, just with less stuff. Um, think- Justin, what did the – oh, go ahead. Well, I, I think the last scene was like pretty much the kill shot of the dream. It was pretty much like, okay, I'm gonna we're gonna do this. I'm gonna get all this money, and I'm gonna buy this mansion, and then his pants back to the basement where he's just back to dreaming again. Yeah, so it's pretty much like it's pretty much yeah, this is not gonna happen. Pretty much telling the audience it's not gonna happen. Yeah, uh, Justin, what what did you think of the of the final scene? Like knowing that his dad told him to not make a plan, knowing that he has some sort of brain damage. Like what 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 did you take from this? Um, I was pissed off because I still couldn't figure out who the bad guy was. <laughs> I, I was expecting a bad guy the whole movie. I'm like, who the ca- capitalism? Is it? <laughs> yeah, the it's yeah. This this is very a, a very political movie if you think about it. <laughs> I was like, I I wanted a face behind. It. I could never find the face, and it frustrated me. But it's I, Michael Colby, by the way. It's just Michael Colby. I knew it's it always me. Time. <laughs> if you need a yeah. villain in a movie. Just throw Michael Cole in. You can blame me for anything bad that happens. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Dylan, the end of this. Sum it up for me. Um, I mean, <laughs> they don't. They don't make it. Right, I, they don't, I, right, they, I mean, they don't make it. Portrayed in the movie, it's like I'm gonna come get you, Dad, and then it shows him doing that, and then it cuts back to him in real life, sitting in the basement, him and his mom alone. Being like, now we're, now what? It, yeah. uh, the director, some trivia, the director has said that that last shot is supposed to indicate that it will not work for them. Yeah. However, another, oh, who is it? It's like the, one of the producers or like the, one of the, one of the assistant screenwriters or something was like, he may not have it now, but he's got a plan moving forward. So that sounds like some producer talk shit. It, it sounds like yeah. him trying to, yeah, Brian Posehn's stunt double. Uh, that's not the first time somebody said that. Really? Huh. <laughs> no. No, it's I like I like movies that are I do like a little bit of bleak tone in my movies, especially when it comes out like this. And this movie ends with a in my opinion pretty pretty close to a gut punch. Like mm-hmm. like I was watching this and I was I don't normally root for the happy ending just by virtue of my taste. And when he's standing in the house and the dad like approaches the wife, I'm like cut the black, cut the black, cut the black. They deserve it. They deserve it. Cut the black. And it cuts to him in the basement. And I'm like, oh, good for well, you. But damn the it. Pr- the problem with yeah. a cut to black there 
is that it it would have been too sudden. It would have been yeah. it would have yeah, been yeah. like where did he deserved. get all that money? Like that deserved. would have caused a lot of questions. It would have been too yeah, too condensed time. Yes, too yeah. happy of oh, an yeah. ending for that movie. I well, I agree, no. but I'm rooting for these people to the point where it has gotten me to be like, <laughs> give me that happy ending at the end of this, and it doesn't, and I'm still satisfied. Right. Yeah. Uh, Phil, you hate poor people, so this is a happy ending for you, right? <laughs> yes, of course I hate poor people. Of all things, I'm one of the um, richest just, people here. Of course, I'm. I, I side with the rich. No, it's. Yeah. It's not that I hate poor people. It's just that if you're going to take a shortcut, you're never going to get anywhere in life. You need yeah. to. You have to build mm-hmm. proper foundation. You have to use your skills to build to the next level. That's all. Hustle hard and hustle as often as you can. Yeah, right on. Uh, okay, so I guess we're going to go over reels and uh, kind of some other people's movies. Like I said, this is my number four favorite movie. I watch this movie uh, almost too often just because I think it was so original when it hit me. It was so out of the blue. I had no idea what I was going into. And this movie rocked the world. It like it was one of the first foreign films to hit the Oscars so hard. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> I was reading a comment from Nick. <laughs> and I, I saw it too. Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> what was it? Pop it up. Yeah, I tried to watch this movie. I only came halfway through the uh, the cast. I think we lost. <laughs> yeah, you probably shouldn't be watching this podcast if if you haven't seen the movie. I should have. Oh, yeah. I wanted to put a, small, a small spoiler warning yeah. up. Like, don't listen this... to this if you, but it's way too late now. But this, don't listen to this, this if you haven't seen this movie. Spoiler loose. Like, we're we're always yeah. going to be talking about spoilers for future yeah. reference. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're going to yeah. spoil this, this one shit out of this like, movie. This one seemed like something. Uh, yeah, if I wouldn't have gone in blind to this one, it wouldn't have hit me so hard. Like. You should go into this one blind, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, gentlemen. I guess we're going to go over uh, <laughs> goodbyes and reels. We are getting close to the end of time, if that's okay with everybody. <laughs> I love the, the end tune. of time. <laughs> yeah. What's the end of time. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, the end of time. No. Uh, <laughs> Michael Colby. Yes. Would you suggest this movie to people? I... Since I watched this, I've recommended this movie to about two dozen people. Yeah, anyone who I think would appreciate a movie, I've recommended this movie to. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, sir, do you want to say goodbyes and tell me how many reels out of ten you would give this movie Parasite? Um, yes, despite what Phil's intense hatred for poor people, I just wanted to say that when you're that desperate, you do what you gotta do. That's right. Um, but other than that, um, I have very few perfect movies. Like I think Ghostbusters is a perfect comedy and I think Robocop is a perfect action movie. I don't have a like a uh, genre for this, but I think this is a perfect movie, like from beginning to end, everything that happens needs to be there it's exactly where it should be this is a 10 for me like i can't think of a flaw in this movie this is a 10 i completely agree and where can people hear all of your beautiful voices uh all of my beautiful voices are on jack billings presents me and my neighbor michael um where i do several different voices if you just want to listen to my regular annoying brian posein voice um i'm also on (laughs) 
Uh, I love this terrible <laughs> game. And uh, the pod skit, I do other voices too. And then we have some other stuff that we're starting this week with some nobodies um, that I'll let them talk about if they want to. But yeah, Jack Billings presents me and my neighbor, Michael. That's the one I'm the most proud of, even without some nobodies involved. Okay. Uh, thank you for this movie. It's really, really everybody watch it. It's it's a masterpiece. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I appreciate you. Dylan Terry, how many yes. reels out of 10 <laughs> will you give my fourth favorite movie? Uh, you know, I, I was... I always try to hedge my bets a little bit. So I was originally giving this a nine, but honestly, just like I could throw this on at any point and just enjoy it. And I think not only is this a, like a well-crafted film, but it's also a really good entry point into South Korean film and South Korean film has a lot of real, real like quality stuff in there, whether it's Bong Joon-ho who directed this Snowpiercer, the host um, another one to check out is Park Chan-wook who did uh, old boy in 2003 which is not as easily accessible as this one, but is just as hard-hitting in a different way. I'm giving this one, I'm going to give this a 10. It overcame Woo! my contrarian nature. Um, I could throw this on for kind of anybody unless you are really averse to subtitles, which yeah. in some cases I understand. I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I'm not, whatever. I'm not going to roast you for not liking subtitles. I get it. But yeah, I mean, if you can get not through- Not read fast. <laughs> true. If if you can get past the subtitles, this is absolutely worth your time because it does not feel like it's over two hours long. Yeah, I agree. And where can people hear your beautiful voice? Uh, I'm also on some nobodies. Uh, you can hear me at Simon Vanderbland on Silicon Angels and on the podcast, podcast, a podcast show and talking upstream. Um, we're apparently doing something with Michael Colby. I'm not aware. I wasn't aware of that. I haven't been informed, yes, so are. I'm sure. Yes, yes, are, are we starting that this week? Well, uh, maybe. Get out, get out of here. Get, okay. get yourself off. Get yourself off. <laughs> Diabolical Dad, how many reels out of 10 will you give my fourth favorite movie? Fourth favorite. See, I wanted to give it more. I'm going to give it eight. And okay. why is because this is the number four. And I feel like if I give it a 10, the rest of your movies better be gold. I mean, they, they better come with like a back massage, maybe a, <laughs> maybe a little handy J behind the carpet. I don't know. Something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. They will. But, it, but uh, it, that's fine. It was a really <laughs> good movie. But... Um, I liked, uh, what's his name? Con, uh, Song Ho. Oh, fuck. I can't remember the actor's name. He's in Snowpiercer too, as well. Mm. Yeah. The dad. Every, every movie that I've seen him in is just phenomenal. It's a good movie. I loved yeah. it. Hey, eight out of ten, that's respectable. I'll take that. And I, I understand right. and I appreciate it. Eight, dude, eight is still a solid movie. Okay, but where can people hear your beautiful voice? Um, yeah, just find me in the street, Walmart mostly. You can find me there. Um, I'm hiding behind the tire rack, of course. Um, or carpool shenanigans, <laughs> whichever one you prefer. Yeah, I think I prefer the tire rack of Walmart. Uh, it is uh, a little more loose lips back there. So yeah, I'll find you by the loop, man. We'll see you there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I'll see, I'll see you. Phil Better, the, the podcast mogul. The, the one who hates people. Yeah, I was going to say that to save you that. Uh, yeah, no, this is a amazing movie. The commentary on the social, in, social hierarchy in the world that this tries to tell you 
by showing how uh, families trying to jump up uh, di- to a different class. I liked it. It was interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so I gave it an 8.5 on 10. Uh, yeah, you can. Phil, if I, if I quit my day job tomorrow, can I get a <laughs> You certainly can. If you can make it sure, through the everybody- border. Dude, it seems like everybody's real happy around Phil's mouth over there. All right, Phil. Uh, and people can check him out on the podcast mogul and all 10 of his other podcasts about money and stocks and podcasting. Yeah. Where can people find you the fastest, Phil? Investinyourselfpod.com. It's the number one podcast about entrepreneurship, interviewing over 60 entrepreneurs who have made it in the digital world and have grown their businesses. Season two is uh, rolling out. Season three is in the in post-production and we're starting on season four already. Oof, you are a busy man. Please everybody go check out Mr. Phil Better and all of his wild adventures. Uh, but make sure you have money because he won't talk to you unless you don't. Uh, we'll exactly. see you maybe on Friday, Phil. <laughs> Dan Lovely, my new best friend. How, how many reels out of 10 will you give my fourth favorite movie? Well, I, Everyone's throwing out 10s here, and I can't do that. I, I can't throw out a 10 because a 10's got to be a, a perfect movie, and that does not exist in my in my, in my my mind. So I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 reels. It was a good movie. I did like how it was like some, it was symbolic about how the poor to the, poor to the rich, and that it was pretty, made, pretty much made like a staircase from poor to rich, and then it builds up. And yeah, it, it was a surprising movie. I've never seen a movie like this before. And it's very uh, rare nowadays. Yeah, I agree. This movie really caught me off guard, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you guys liked it. I'm glad you guys watched it. Uh, my friend, lovely. Where can people hear your beautiful voice? You can catch me on Oops Caught Me Smoking, uh, YouTube, Facebook, IGTV, all the big, all every podcast platform out there. Or you can just go to OopsCaughtMeSmoking.com, and you can get all your stuff right there. Hell yeah! Right on. And that's it. Thank you, sir. I'll see you on Friday. Uh, speaking of Friday, if you guys are into stuff that we're doing, uh, we didn't have something planned for this coming week, so we decided to spin the real wheel. And what came up was Willow. So for this Friday at 9 p.m., we are going to uh, review the 1988 classic movie Willow. We're going to have a special guest on. His name is David DeSanto from the Shattered Tabletops uh, to talk about D&D and all that weird kind of uh, lore and things that uh, really get Dylan's uh, <laughs> brain flowing. Um, um, but either way, I gave this movie 10 out of 10 stars. I think this movie's perfect. I liked everything about it. Uh, there was nothing you could predict out of this thing. Um, and yeah, it, it is my fourth favorite movie. I've con- When you add up everyone's reels, it looks like we're about a 55 out of 60, which gives it about a 9.2 uh, out of 10 reels, which is amazing. And it finally beat Snyder Cut. So that makes me very happy because I can't, I can't be on a group of people where Snyder Cut is the best movie. Uh, Willow is going to be good. I'm very happy that somebody suggested that. I think that was uh, Nick Malati that suggested Willow. So uh, hopefully he'll watch that movie and tune in next Friday. Uh, until then, you can see me at somethingbodies.com. You can always hear my voice and everything Dylan says. Uh, we do have something uh, kind of special coming on uh, soon. We're going to start getting into TV shows. We have this really cool concept that Michael Colby and uh, I'm probably going to tell Dylan about later. Who knows? But either way, guys, Check us out everywhere. Uh, I have been Zach. You have been great. We'll see you next week, folks. Thank you very much. Bye.